If you love football, yelling at television screens with friends, and wearing clothing with someone else's name on it, there's a seat waiting for you at Buffalo Wild Wings, where you can enjoy football food and football beverages on our new $5 game day menu. Cheeseburger and fries, brats, cocktails, and pitchers of beer are just $5 each. Escape to football and the new $5 game day menu at Buffalo Wild Wings. Price and participation vary by location. Not valid with any other offer. Please drink responsibly. This is Murderous Miners, Killer Kids, bringing you the frightening and truly insane tales of children with the thirst to kill. Kindergarten through 12th grade murderers. True stories thoroughly researched. Join us weekly for new tales of parents' worst nightmares on Murderous Miners, Killer Kids. Episode number one, Bang Bang's Giving Dinner. Stephen and Linda Pravacki were a well-respected couple who lived with their two teenage sons in Muskegon, Michigan. Their plans on Sunday, November 29, 1998, were pretty simple. Have over the boy's grandfather, plus their older son's girlfriend, to have a belated Thanksgiving dinner together a few days after the holiday. Stephen Pravacki was a well-liked elementary school teacher. His wife, Linda, worked the front office for a doctor in town. Their 19-year-old son, Jed, and his 19-year-old girlfriend, Amber Boss, were both studying in college to become teachers. Their younger son, Seth Pravacki, was a high school senior at Reese Puffers High School in Muskegon, Michigan. By his own admission, Seth had been having a pretty hard previous 12 months. He'd been arrested two times for shoplifting, once for beer, and once for a CD. He was prescribed Wilbutrin, required to take counseling, and sentenced to 10 days in a juvenile facility. On the day of the crime, Sunday, November 29th, Seth states that his father told him he didn't love him anymore and that he wanted him to move out of the family home. His mother, Linda, and his older brother, Jed, did nothing to intervene on his behalf. And so when his dad leaves to pick up their grandfather and his mom goes upstairs to take a shower, Seth also goes upstairs, but he comes downstairs with the loaded twenty-two Ruger pistol belonging to his father. He goes into the adjacent room where Jed is watching TV and waiting for his girlfriend Amber to arrive for Thanksgiving dinner, and Seth then shoots his brother Jed once in the head. He moves his body downstairs to the basement to conceal it and goes to the garage to wait for his father and grandfather to return. Once they do, he shoots his dad once and his grandfather twice. He then goes upstairs and shoots his mother Linda as she exits the shower. Once downstairs again, he starts moving the bodies of his dad and grandpa from the garage into the house, and this is where Amber enters and is startled by what she sees. He then shoots Amber in the head as well. Unbelievably, his next move is to call up a high school buddy, 18-year-old Stephen Clayton Wallace, also a senior at Reeds Puffer High School in Muskegon, Michigan. He tells him what went down and asks him to come over and help, and also, unbelievably, Stephen Wallace agrees. Stephen Wallace goes to the Pravacki crime scene and proceeds to help his friend Seth cover up the murders of four of his family members and his brother's girlfriend. He wraps bodies, and they make plans to bury them later, but first, Stephen does need to go to a function at his church. So he leaves, he takes with him the murder weapon, and disposes of it in a nearby lake. Seth proceeds to mop up blood at the crime scene for the next few hours, takes the bullet casings to a 
public trash can and disposes of them and purchases duct tape so they can now stage the crime scene as an attempted robbery. During Seth Pravacki's police interview, he tells officers that his dad told him he didn't love him and that he wanted him to move out of the house. He killed his mom and his brother because they didn't intervene on his behalf. He killed his grandfather and his brother's girlfriend because he didn't know they were going to be there. Detectives reported that he had a very flat affect and that he seemed vacant behind his eyes as if nobody was home. He showed no remorse. He didn't apologize to the victims, the victims' families or friends or anything of that nature. And even 10 years later, when he wrote a testimonial letter claiming to show his path to Christianity, he really did everything he could to place his emphasis of blame on his victims. Now, to shed some light into how it was reported that his parents felt about him, several of their friends did have a few insights into the relationship that he had with his parents. For instance, his mother Linda had told friends that she felt Seth was completely out of control and that he had taken to destroying property within the family home. His father, Stephen, went so far as to say that he felt his son, Seth, had no conscience. So in the summer of 1999, Seth Pravacki was found guilty of five counts of first-degree murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Stephen Wallace's charges were downgraded to five counts of accessory to murder, of which he was acquitted. Now, it turns out that on the night of the Pravaki family murders, Stephen Wallace did go to church, he did dispose of the murder weapon, and evidently he also had time during that night before returning to the crime scene to help his friend dispose of those bodies and evidence to joyride with some other teens and bust mailboxes throughout the neighborhood. His next criminal citation would be misdemeanor vandalism wherein he would actually enter the criminal justice system. Over the next couple years, he had multiple arrests for things such as vandalism and domestic violence and ultimately trafficking stolen property. In 2007, he violated probation on that stolen property charge and was sentenced to up to seven and a half years in prison, and he was released on May 29, 2014. Seth Pravacki claimed that shortly after entering the justice system, he converted to Christianity. Even though he claimed to now be a Christian, he still did manage to accrue over 29 misconducts on his prison record for offenses including possession of a weapon, assault, gambling, fighting, substance abuse, possession of a tattoo gun, By his own accounts, he went so far as to extort money from other prisoners as well as deal drugs while behind bars. By 2010, Seth Pravacki was 30 years old and being housed at Kinross Correctional Facility in Kinchelow, Michigan. On July 15, 2010, around 9.15 a.m., three inmates, including Seth Pravacki, attempted to hijack a work truck that was on prison grounds performing some work around the facility. They overpowered the driver, but the truck eventually became hung up on something after crashing through a double fence and Seth attempted to flee on foot. 
he was shot dead by a perimeter prison guard. About 12 years after massacring his mother, father, grandfather, brother, and his brother's girlfriend as they sat down to Thanksgiving dinner, Seth Provaki was dead. In a sad but unrelated twist in the life of Stephen Wallace, the co-conspirator, in 2009, the body of his two children's mother, Andrea Murrah, was found frozen along a road in Michigan. She'd evidently walked away from a work detail after being incarcerated for retail fraud, and it was later found during autopsy that she died of a lethal heroin overdose. I couldn't find any word on whether or not Stephen Wallace received custody of the two children that they shared together. The previous domestic violence charges that Stephen Wallace had been convicted of were all perpetrated against Andrea Murrah. Let's meet back here next week for another heartbreaking story of murderous minors, killer kids. Firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs, enjoy more subs, save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax, participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.